Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Everybody and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and that right there, excited for a new digital episode, Woo-hoo! is Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Yay! Hello, Pete Wright. Yay! Go digital! digital. I know. Um, I'm ready to learn. We're, you know what, we're talking about uh, educational tools, uh, things to make, uh, the tech that you can use to make going back to school uh, easier and more efficient if you spend just a little time to learn it. So I'm very excited about this. First, before we dig in, head over to TakeControlADHD.com, get to know us a little bit better, and listen to the show right on the website. Subscribe for free to the mailing list, and uh, make sure you don't miss a single episode. Connect with us, as always, on Twitter and Facebook. We love hearing from you, particularly this episode. Let us know what tools and tech you're using to make your school adventure that much easier. And call us, 503-664-4ADD, 664-4ADD. Don't with, be shy. Call. Don't be leave shy. a message. That's Even right. if you don't want your message online or on the air, you yeah. can um, still leave one and we'll answer your questions. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. We'd love to yeah. hear it. All right. Okay. So, uh, school tech. School tech. Ah. You know, I, I went round and round and trying to figure out how to, uh, how to address this, the idea of technology in the classroom. And I, uh, you know, because as a, as a faculty member, as an instructor at a university, it is, uh, I see a lot of technology and uh, it's fun. It's fun to see what other students are using and to see where, um, where technology is sort of moving in the classroom. You know, you see these trends where, where certain new tech will spike and then eventually it'll either wear off or people get frustrated and realize they, it doesn't work the way they want. And then it'll eventually kind of normalize into some some generic thing for a year or two, uh, and uh, and and then spike again. So it's it's fun. It's a little laboratory. Um, you know what amazes me? Hmm. I just have to say, I yeah. don't think that I'm old. You know, I really don't. Like yeah. I look at myself and I think I'm young. I'm not really that young, but I'm not that old. But it amazes me when I think about when I was in college that. You know, no one had technology to, to, we had a computer lab. So if you yeah. wanted to type a paper or have a, you know, have a paper in Word, a Word document, you had to go to the computer lab at the library and they were the old fashioned, you know, computers that were green lettering, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. With the monochrome <laughs> I mean, screen. 
Yeah. And, and it, it was, wasn't... and you would handwrite your paper like in a spiral notebook. Yes. And so you'd go to the computer lab on like finals week and you would see all of the computers. Everybody's lined up at the computers and they'd have stacks of paper of handwritten term papers ripped out of their spiral notebook. So you'd have all the little, little paper confetti that's kind of torn and paper dust yep. and it would all be stacked because they put the computers too close together. So you'd stack up your paper. It would all kind of <laughs> bend on top of the mouse that you'd be using. It was a mess. It was a nightmare. How did we survive? How did we survive? And how did we survive without phones, yes. iPads? I mean, it's just, it's crazy to me. Over I was the- thinking about it. Like when I, when I was in college, like we had just crested the wave of, you know what I could do? I could take a portable cassette recorder and put it in the classroom and record lectures on cassette. Like that was the newest thing that I, I knew. I did that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had a cassette player that I recorded lectures on. Yep. Carried it with me. Yep. You carry it with you. Rewound, fast forward, pause, rewound, fast forward, pause. (laughs) They became valuable, right? Like if, Uh, like if you were the person who recorded the lectures, uh, you had friends who thought really highly of you. Yeah. Friends who probably didn't go to class. It's crazy. Oh, those were the days. So on a side note, because I know you're talking about technology and this is a completely different type of tech. Well, it's still technology, but it's about safety technology. And I thought I I was watching the Today Show yesterday and um, they had three apps that they shared about safety and they and it was specific to college campuses, but it could be for anybody. Right. If you're walking from, you know, place to place in at nighttime or whatever, but they're they're great safety apps. And so um and I won't go through each of them because I, I I don't know exactly what they were called, but we can put them in the show notes anyway because they were really good and it caught my attention. I was I was as I was making lunches for my kids, I actually stopped and looked at it and I thought, oh my gosh, what a great thing to have as you know a young woman, young man walking in the middle of the night or walking from a late class home, and it's kind of nerve wracking to be able to have that app at your hands and know that you know you could get help immediately or people are watching out for you. It, it, these things were crazy good. Um, so I will put that on the show notes so that people can see that segment because it, it really is great. I mean, talk about putting technology you know, in the, in the spotlight or shine. What am I saying, Pete? Putting a spotlight putting a, on technology. Putting a spotlight. Yeah. That, there that's, we go. that's good. That's really positive. Not that it's not positive in the first place, but, um, man, I wish I had these when, you know, I was in college. Uh, totally. Uh, I, I think we, we sort of understand. It makes me think of, uh, that scene in pitch perfect, you know, and they, she, you saw pitch perfect, right? It's been a while, but yeah, I've seen she it. Shows up, song. She shows up to school and, and the girl like comes up to her and says, here's your university, um, rape whistle. Remember, <sighs> don't blow it unless it's happening. And it just made me cringe because I was watching that with my daughter and she's like, what's that all about? It's like, yeah. oh honey, let's talk about safety on campus. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So anyway, not to yep. deter you from what you're going to talk about today, but yeah. I just wanted to bring that up because I thought it was good info. It is great info. And, you know, I, I would pass on another link from a, a Sean Blanc's fantastic uh, newsletter, The Fight Spot, came out this morning and he posted this new article on his website called Visualizing Your Ideal Workspace. And I'm, I'll put that in the show notes. I loved this piece. It just hit. Like, I, I haven't even finished reading it because it's kind of long and uh, really, really um, 
introspective, uh, but it is a beautiful sort of treatise on how you work. And and if you really walk through what is your really, really beautifully uh, articulated vision of how you would work best, I think it's a really great exercise to go through as a, as a new student when you start, you know, seeking out your, your best places to work. And in Sean's case, you know, he says, my, my list is a huge, huge tabletop, like 150 square feet big, five feet deep and 30 feet wide. It has to be big because it has multiple spaces on it. One area for a computer and keyboard, another for spreading out books and notebooks for research and still enough space left over so that there's a clean space somewhere in short, big enough to spread out whatever without taking over everything. And I just, I love the idea. Like when you think about what's your ideal space look like, a 150 square foot table is not what would have come to mind without really kind of going through the exercise. You know, we usually are, we, we take what we're given, you know, you're issued mm-hmm. a desk, you're issued a cubicle. Uh, but I love this idea of thinking about the space that we inhabit. So I, I'll put that in the show notes too. It's oh, a great sounds one. Sounds great. I'll have to check it out. Um, I approach this with a, a, from a couple of different directions. Briefly, I want to talk about out of class stuff. You know, we talked a little bit about you know, finding a great place to study last week, you know, where, where, where can you go to find peace to study? And one of the things we talked about was, was using, you know, a good set of headphones to mute the surrounding environment. What if you, you know, your place happens to be a coffee shop and, and there's a lot to be said for the, the, um, you know, the coffee shop vibe, you know, and the white noise that's created by the sound around you and conversations around you that can be, uh, that can stimulate just what you need in your, in your brain to, to allow you to focus on what's going on. For me, that works really well. I don't, um, you know, I sometimes go to a coffee shop with no headphones at all, just because the, you know, the, the ambient sound is really good for triggering my focus vibe, you know, Mm -hmm. when I, when I really get started. But sometimes when you go to a busy coffee shop in an area that is very popular with your friends, it's hard to focus because they keep coming up and talking to you. Oh, sure. Um, so, you know, I have this set of headphones, very cheap, the, the Sony MDR ZX100 over-the-ear headphones. They're big cones, right? They're not the in-ear kind. And they do two things. First of all, they do exactly what we want them to do. They mute the sound just a little bit, even if you're not listening to anything in them. They don't even have to be plugged in. Uh, if you do plug them into your phone, listen to some music uh, softly, they, they do a, an admirable job of of getting sound into your head, right? They're not terrible headphones. They're they're cheap, but they're not cheaply made. They're they're really good headphones. Mm-hmm. Don't go spend two hundred dollars on Beats headphones. Mm-hmm. Don't do that anyway, because they're not great headphones. Uh, but don't do it for this purpose, right? Spend your right. fifteen bucks on these little headphones and do. It. And they serve this secondary purpose of when people, when your friends see you with these cones on your head. They're less likely to bug you. <laughs> totally. Right? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah it's like a yeah. flag that says, do not disturb, right? Do That's what disturb. these big headphones are. And so, uh, it's like, it's like shutting the, the door to your office. It's yes. Kind of, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So that's number one. Find some good headphones. Number two, get good at dictation. And there are two kinds of dictation I want to talk about. First of all, uh, is the kind of automated assistance that we have at our beck and call right now. If you have an Android phone or an Apple iPhone, you have access to OK Google on Android and Siri uh, with obviously with iOS. Both of these automated assistants allow you to do really, really wonderful things that help you be more efficient um, when you're on the go. And when you're busy, you need to have a way to trust that you're getting what you need documented right away. Things like 
adding reminders. Siri, remind me to do that thing right there when I get home. Or, you know, Siri, add pickled herring to my grocery list, you know, while you're running across campus, whatever your need may be. Um, Both of these services have commands that you may not know about. They are growing, it seems, daily in their facility with interacting with your life. And so I would strongly encourage you to visit the links we put in the website uh, for OK Google commands and Siri commands and spend a few minutes just acclimating yourself to what you can do with these things. Um, Both of them do some really wonderful integration with your calendar that I am um, have been exploring a lot of late. If you are the kind of person to put destinations, put your addresses in your calendar of your appointments, like, you know, uh, going to the doctor and actually putting the doctor's address in the calendar, then it would, they will give you these proactive, um, these proactive reminders. And so I'll get this thing that says, Hey, traffic is light right now. You can leave as late as, you know, one forty to get to your appointment by two. Wow, that's cool. It's really great. I mean, in in terms of kind of managing your time without having to think about it, Mm -hmm. um, really, really great set of of things. So I would would definitely recommend to get to know the technology you're carrying in your pocket, whether it's Android or iOS, and and get better at it because it will make your life easier. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the second part of dictation is actually dictating to write. And this is harder to do um, because it, it takes practice. Right. You you think that you just want to sit down and say, OK, computer, here's what I want you to say and that it will just write magically what what you put on the screen. And and both uh, or all of the, the major platforms um, offer the ability to do this, you know, in some cases right out of the box. You don't even need an extra tool. You know, on the Mac, you can just double tap the function key on your on the latest versions of of the Mac operating system with your cursor on a in any text field and you can start talking and it will dictate what you say, just like Siri does on your phone, uh, which is incredibly useful when you're trying to dictate a long document. And so you can write your papers, you can write your, um, you know, you can write notes, reminders, emails, whatever you want to do, you can write, you can get even more advanced uh, applications like Dragon Naturally Speaking for Windows or uh, Mac. And that offers some incredibly rich tools for dictating on the Mac. If you, you know, if you're dealing with any sort of repetitive stress injury uh, on your wrist, dictation is incredibly powerful and useful for you. But I find um, if I am struggling to get ideas out of my head, sometimes it's the connection between fingers and keyboard that are giving me trouble. And if I could just say it, if I could just get it out there so that I could read what's in my head, it's mm-hmm. easier for me to go back and edit uh, something that's already out there than it is for me to get it out there in the first place by typing it. In some cases, it's just the opposite, right? In some right. cases, I, I I can't talk fast enough to get the idea out of my head, and I need the brakes that are applied by the speed of my own typing to actually be able to really focus. And so you kind of have to go back both ways. But I've been using dictation a lot for the last couple of years, and I, I find it really useful. So um, I recommend that. So could you use these... Um could you do this like if you're in the car and you have an idea and you you want to capture it and could you use this for that too well i'm glad you i'm glad you asked that so when you're when you're on the go you're in the car and you use you know if you just have a quick idea like um you know or something that you remind me to do something like this right mm-hmm. you can say that to for example siri and say you know siri remind me to 
do this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing, and get your idea out there. It's like one sentence, and then it automatically is added to your reminders list. And you can even say something like, remind me to write up this paragraph and send this email to such and such when I get home. And the Siri knows where your home is. So as soon as you open the garage door, you pull into your house, um, you get a little alert on your phone that reminds you the thing you were thinking about. So that's incredibly useful. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have a longer idea, Sometimes dictation on the go in particular is tough because you have ambient noise. You're doing the, you're kind of on the phone. You hear the car noise. If you, if your car is kind of loud or you have a window open, whatever, sometimes the dictation is not all that accurate and you just need to muse for a little bit. I find myself, I, sometimes I just need to talk, you know, yeah. and I don't want it to dictate. I don't want it to stop. I, you know, uh, particularly when you're on the go, you can only dictate a sentence or two before Siri says, wait a minute, I got to go talk to the server and translate all this into text. So I use an app called Dictate Plus, uh, in, and, and it is a, a really useful app. Uh, it, it just allows you, it's like a connected recorder, right? It's that cassette recorder we were talking about that allows you to simply, um, uh, you know, turn it on, press record, record a lecture or meeting or even just a quick note. And when you're done, you can automate automatically, uh, you know, run it through a workflow that will say, add a title to it, drop it into a Dropbox folder, which will automatically sync to your Dropbox account. And then when you get home, your you open up your Dropbox folder and right there in your little dictation inbox is the thing that you just said in the car a few minutes ago. Okay. So that's helpful because I was thinking, you know, I'll listen to podcasts a lot in the yeah. car, right? Uh -huh. And you'll get an idea or you want to capture something. And so I'm writing it, you know, on a little piece of receipt paper that I found in my console and I'm trying to, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's, it's stressful. And so this, this would work. Is one, I of the, could just... one of the coolest things about iOS nine, which just released, and it, you know, you may have seen an alert pop up on your phone. iOS nine just came out last week and uh, it, it is, a, it, they've integrated a new set of sort of deep linking tools. And I won't go into too much depth there, but one of the cool pieces of this new kind of way the operating system works on your phone is that while you're listening to the podcast, you can hold down the home button and say, Siri, remind me about this later. And Siri knows what you're doing right now. And so it'll put a link to what you are doing at the time in a reminder and save that for you. The link of the podcast? The link to the podcast. Yeah. Oh, interesting. To where you are on the podcast. So that's that's a kind of a useful tool. It hasn't been implemented by all of the uh, podcast app manufacturers yet, but in most many of them it is. And so you can uh, you can start kind of playing around with with how, you know, and this, this is another reminder. Go look at the Siri commands that you can use uh, because those kinds of things get surfaced in, mm -hmm. in that list. So super interesting. Fun. Yeah. Now, I really like Dictate Plus uh, because it allows you to record and do things with longer uh, sessions, right? So if you have long meetings or long course uh, lectures, you just put your put your phone down and hit turn it on and hit record, and you're recording the whole thing. When you're done, you can export it and have it automatically export up to uh, Dropbox or Box.net or Google Drive or iCloud Drive or OneDrive, whatever your your tool of choice. You can even set up you know custom FTP or SFTP folders. You know if you're if you're um, familiar with those. Uh, very, 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 very useful. I have set up a number of clients actually who are, uh, you know, therapists or doctors who um, record their sessions for their clients and they use it as a way to, to get these things to their clients. Very, very useful tool and well integrated with sharing services. So, hmm. yeah. Okay. So that's Dictate Plus. Check that out. Now, what about when you're in class? This gets to 
um, you know, this whole concept of, around digital note taking. Right. And mm-hmm. we've talked about digital note taking because we've talked about the live scribe um, line of pens. And it's, you know, I was that last year. Yeah, I'm it was last curious. year. It was, yeah, a while it was ago. around the back to school stuff. too. Yeah. Yeah. It? I think but, yeah. We, we really focused on that. So, you know, I think if you if you're interested in, a, in more detail about live scribe, um, check that out. You know, the, generally the tools, the, the way I think about digital note taking um, and I think we're going to talk more about note taking next week. Right. Uh, next week is going to be more about how to study correctly. Okay. Okay. Well, well, you know, some of this is, it gets into how you take notes, right? Because some of these apps are really specific for how your mind works with notes. And so, uh, but Beth Holland, uh, came up with these, the four S's of digital note taking, right? And, and it's, it's a way to, to think about the tools that you use. Are they going to meet your needs? The four S's are support, save, search, and share, right? Like that. Mm Mm-hmm. So first of all, do they support you? Are you able to make use of multi-sense input? In in some note case note taking cases, do you record audio in line with your notes? The Live Scribe is one tool that does this. So it records the lecture that you are taking notes on while you are taking notes with the smart pen and smart paper, so that later you can go back and and scrub through your written notes and jump directly to the the portion of the audio of that place where you were taking notes. Right. So it's oh, cool. really really useful. And that was so support save. Does it allow you to instantly save your notes, the notes that you took in another format? or back up your notes in a way that you don't lose them in the future, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Does it allow you to search? Do you have the ability to, to keyword and tag your notes so that you can search and find them later? And does it allow you to share them? Does it allow you to collaborate with others using the notes that you took, um, you know, using, say, Google Drive or Evernote, that kind of a thing? So support, save, search, and share. I, I, I like, like having it. that. Yeah, I like having it in the kind of the back of my mind. And now we have yeah. just the straight-up hardware, right? So... I don't know, the stylus. We start with the stylus because, you know, we've had the stylus for a long time. This the it's the the plastic tool that some are smarter than others that allows you to write directly on your screen. Um, you know, Windows has had uh the ability to to buy a computer that you can write on, like a convertible sort of hybrid that you can write on for a long time. And so if you if you you know, I think uh, uh the ThinkPads uh, were were really solid uh with this particular technology. The Surface Pro 3 is is one that I think is you know worlds better than the past iterations of it. Um but they're still gosh, they're still a little bit wonky. And the the reason they're wonky, and I'm I'm talking about you know both anything where you're writing directly on the screen, whether you're using like the Adonit Jot Touch or the Pencil by Fifty Three or the Bamboo Stylus, uh, you know all of these things are wonky because they're too slow. In my experience, they are way too slow and fiddly. So you sit down to write on your iPad or write on your uh, on your screen, and you're writing as fast as you can, and suddenly something happens. There's a memory allocation error, and the pen stroke slows down and now you're fiddling with the connection and by the time you get all the fiddliness and wonkiness worked out you've missed the concept completely the instructor has moved on and you've you've you're lost right yeah yeah. and and there's nothing worse as an instructor than hearing somebody who's taking notes dutifully taking notes on their ipads and they say wait 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 a minute i missed that last thing because i know why they missed that last thing right they missed that Mm -hmm. last thing because they were fiddling with the damn stylus and it makes me crazy (laughs) it makes me absolutely crazy um, so that's why I come back to these, uh, to these digital pens, right? Pens that write on real paper on real, with real ink 
even though they are digitizing, because I'm a huge fan of digital notes. I really am. It's just a matter of how you get the digital notes into the device. And so, you know, the LiveScribe 3 smart pens, about 140 bucks. it is right now kind of the king of the hill, right? It records audio. It allows you to do the scrubbing through the notes that, uh, that we talked about. But you're still writing on paper. And so when you're finished with the notes that you've taken, you can sync them over to your um, iOS or Android device or your computer and look at them later and archive them and keyword them and all that. Export them into all sorts of different formats. That's, that's really useful stuff. There is a new tool on the market from a competitor, which is crazy uh, because Livescribe is it really sort of corners the market here from Wacom. And Wacom does the, you know, the, they do the, the digitizing tablets, right? So you plug them into the computer. This is what you see, you know, designers use, uh, and, and photo retouch artists. They have this tablet that, that connects your computer and allows you to work with a pen on your computer as an input input device. They're very, very good at what they do. And they have a new tool. It's called the Wacom Bamboo Spark. It has not actually been released yet, but it will be released in a couple of weeks right? It's very, very new. It's for 159 bucks. It's a folio. It's like a fold over case. It has paper in it. It has a smart ballpoint pen and it's the folio that has the intelligence in it, right? So hmm. it's not the pen. So the pen is smart, but it's, it's, uh, looks more like a pen. It doesn't have all the smarts in it that the Livescribe does. So the pen doesn't require sort of larger hands. The Livescribe pen is pretty big, uh, because all the smarts are in the pen. In this case, it's just a small kind of ballpoint uh, pen that tracks on the paper. So you write on a piece of paper, you, you, you're you writing, 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 taking notes, drawing shapes, et cetera, et cetera. And then you push a little button on the folio and the little light changes from blue to green. And that allows you to flip the page. So you then you move to a new page start writing again. So every time you turn the page, you hit that little button and it saves a page. You can save up to a hundred pages in its little buffer. So you can write for a long time before you then have to sync to the cloud or to, to uh, Wacom's, you know, ink space service that allows you to uh, then go download all of your notes to your iPad or, um, uh, or your computer looks really, really cool. Uh, and, and it's, uh, you know, I like the idea that it's a little bit easier to write. It's got a smaller pen. Um, and so it's something I think to really keep an eye out for. So again, a couple of weeks, 159 bucks, Wacom bamboo spark. I think it's a perfect tool for the classroom. So I love these two tools because they allow you to really support that, uh, you know, support, save, search and share feature. But then we come back to the tried and true, Mm -hmm. uh, your stinking keyboard, Right. You can't, you just can't go wrong with a keyboard. If you, if you can type a keyboard addresses so many of these things. And so I have some recommendations for a few keyboards, keyboards, a keyboards, a keyboard, um, you know, Logitech kind of corners the market on some of these uh, portable keyboards and keyboard cases. So you can get like a full, full size Bluetooth keyboard, um, you know, that you kind of put in your briefcase or your backpack. If you want the full size experience, some desks in classrooms are small, but if you're on a table, it's pretty easy to pull out the keyboard. They have the, you know, I have options in here for both the, the full size Bluetooth multi device keyboard that you can has a little switch on it and you can switch between your phone and your tablet. And if you take it back to your computer, you know, your laptop, you can have the full size keyboard and it's connected to all three of your devices, which is nice. They have a similar one that has a solar charger in it. So no batteries, as long as it's in light, it is getting power. And so you never have to charge it. That's pretty handy. The really, really portable keyboards, um, uh, Logitech has the keys to go keyboard. It's rubberized. And so it's, uh, you know, safer from the elements. You can spill things on it, get dust in it, doesn't muck it up. 
up, you can just uh, wipe it off. Uh, I use personally the Logitech Type Plus keyboard case. It's a bigger case. It's it's pretty rugged, uh, but I, I have had uh, some good success with that. And one of the most well-reviewed keyboards on the market is the Microsoft Universal Mobile Keyboard for Windows, Android, iPhone, and iPad. Man, people love this keyboard. I played with it uh, a little bit at Best Buy, and uh, it's great. It's got a really nice touch to it. Um, it. It seems like a really solid device from Microsoft, so that's one to certainly check out. Um, I I think that all of these are great tools for taking notes in class, and the keyboard in particular really assumes kind of a linear approach to note-taking, you know, where you can uh, touch and type and just keep kind of moving through the notes page. Uh, I'm still, personally, when I sit down to take notes at, at a meeting, I am just using my field notes or Moleskine and a pen. Mm-hmm. And I then take pictures of my notes uh, and scan them later into Evernote for review and tagging and filing. Uh, so I don't personally, as even as somebody who has used all of these things in some capacity, even the digital note taking, uh, digital pens, I still come back to the easiest, most mm-hmm. streamlined way to get notes into my onto into my computer, which is just just write it, just write it, and then take a picture of it. It is absolutely the cheapest way to get notes into your into your system. Mm-hmm. Finally. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about, uh, mind mapping in the past. Now, mind mapping is, is a different style of note taking, you know, and we, we may talk about some of these other note taking styles, whether you're looking at, at, um, sort of the, the outline format or Cornell method of note taking or, or, um, uh, but mind mapping is its own unique kind of style and does, uh, really merit, a different kind of app. And so there are a couple of apps to, to look at that I recommend. The very favorite is MindNode. It's for iOS and Mac, um, uh, but it's just beautiful, elegant, and fast. And that's really, really important. Um, if you're on the web all the time, you might check out CoggleIt, C-O-G-G-L-E dot I-T. Coggle is a mind mapping tool that is beautiful, very smooth. You sign in with your Google or Gmail account, and uh, and you're off to the races creating mind maps that allow you to uh, frame your ideas and brainstorm and and uh, really good stuff. I like what it. Do you think? Again, what do you think? You are so full of information. Well, I'm full of something. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> crazy tech. Technology. How do you how do you take notes? How do you take notes yourself? Well, I I still use pen and paper or if I am with a client and I'm taking notes um I do it on the computer. Yeah. This yeah. is this is what it, what I find and uh, you know we talk back to my experience in the classroom. I find students of, of late, you know, we have this new crop of all sorts of of digital tools and styluses and new tablets and all these sorts of great things are coming out. And so I'll see students using them for a couple of weeks and then they will get frustrated and eventually everybody comes back to paper. Everybody well, comes back to paper or, or I, a keyboard or a keyboard. Yeah, Those yeah, are the two. I think your point was well taken earlier when, you know, as, as a teacher or professor, you get frustrated because you know that the, the students aren't getting everything that they are supposed to get out of the lecture because they're paying attention to the, to the pen that's not working. And that's exactly what's happening is they're not listening or paying attention or focusing on you. They're trying to figure out how to make all of this work. Um, So if you're not recording the lecture, you're going to miss half of it. You know, you're going to have to go back. Hopefully if you are recording it, you can go back and listen to it and figure it out, you know, but still, yeah, I can see um, great tools, but I can also see how they can kind of lose their 
um, shininess appeal as well. They sure do. And, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, I think when you really step back and think about how your brain works, right. The, the nice thing about pen and paper, uh, whether you're using one of the digital pens or, um, you know, or a, a pen and just plain dumb paper, um, it's, it allows you to take notes in any style you want. It allows you to be very, very flexible. You don't have to switch apps to go to a mind mapping app. You don't have mm-hmm. to switch apps to go to a, a Cornell method note taking app. You can just write and, uh, draw all over your page, depending on whatever context you might be in. Uh, if you need to mind map to do some brainstorming for a group activity, great. You can just do that. You can turn the page and you can come back to Cornell method where you're writing cues and, and, uh, uh, cues and notes and summaries and, and all of these things you can do quite fluidly. I think the bigger question then becomes how do you digitize your notes and how do you keep track of them later? Mm-hmm. And I did mention, I have talked so much about ScanBot. I, I put links to it in the show notes. Again, I'm a huge fan of this little app in terms of being able to quickly digitize and get my notes into Evernote. But, um, you know, I don't know. I feel like we've talked about that a bunch. I don't mean to kind of give it short shrift, but in our paperless discussion from yeah. a little while back, we we went into some detail on that. So um, might be worth reviewing that particular episode. I like the four S's that you brought up to support, save, search, and share. I think that's a really great um, way of, of sort of figuring out if what you're doing is effective. Does it meet those criteria? So yeah. I like that. That's yeah. good. Really applies well specifically to digital note taking, but I you know, you can embrace and extend that to, to other areas of, mm-hmm. of figuring out how it, your ADHD affects you. So super good. I stuff. like it, Pete Wright. Thank you awesome. so much. Well, thank you so much. It's been a another real treat. I like digging into this stuff, mm-hmm. obviously. I get very excited about it. So <laughs> uh, thank you all for uh, listening and downloading. Again, show notes with links to all of these products and apps are uh, on the website, take control ADHD. So uh, head over there to check it out. And on behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Mm